0: You're listening to the Date Smarter, Sexier podcast with dating and relationship coach Andrea LaRosa and my co-host and producer, Kanan John Dewey.
1: Baby, here I am, I'm a man on the scene. I can give you what you want, but you got to go home with me. I forgot some good old love, and then I got some in store. When I get the... Throwing it on you, you got to come back for more. and things will come by the dozen, that ain't nothing but drugs, do so love it. Pretty little thing, let me light your count, cause mama, I'm so sure hard to hell and I guess around. So as most of you probably know,
0: I really hate the term, the spark, but mm-hmm. to be fair, there's not really another word for it. Like I've tried to replace it with other things, but like,
1: I think the reason I hate cheesy.
0: it does. And it's yeah. like the spark is just a really quick and easy way to like get your point across. Yeah. So we're going to talk about the spark, but this is different. How we're talking so? about The spark. Because we're going to talk about the spark in a relationship, so not dating.
1: Mm. I think
0: there's a big because difference. it's
1: easy to have the spark in when you're dating because everything is new. It's like when you get a new toy or a new car or <laughs> new anything really. Um, you're like excited about it for the first. It's like when I got my Oculus for the months leading up to getting it. I was like, oh, I can't wait to get it. It's going to be so cool. I'm going to have my own VR goggles. I'm going to do all these cool fucking things. It's going to be so radical. And then I drunkenly ordered it while laying on the floor of my hotel room in Vegas while my husband was down playing blackjack. I ordered it, it came to my house the next week. I had fun with it for maybe like mm, a day or two. And then I was like, okay, whatever. Spark was gone.
0: But yeah. that's
1: that's an inanimate object, I think, for but humans. It's-
0: it's a good comparison, I think, though, because that's the feeling that people get of like, shiny new toy. This is uh-huh. exciting. Yeah. I think when we talk about the spark in a relationship, it's a little bit it's a little bit more drawn out. Because when you're dating, you always hear people say, Oh, there is no spark. Yeah. Well, I wanted a spark after like twenty minutes of meeting them. Well, I'm sorry, but that's just not realistic. And the spark should fade eventually. (laughs) Think of when you have a fire. You can't sustain a really good fire with just a spark. Mm -hmm. It has to eventually catch fire and just burn. Mm
1: -hmm. There's no spark left. Or there's the slow burn. Because even when you think about fitness regimens, like there's this whole thing about, what is it, hit. Where high intensity training, mm-hmm. where you just go really, really fast, and you're burning a lot of energy really fast, and then you're going slow and then fast and you're going. So, but there's also the alternative, which is a slow burn, where you're working out, you're increasing the your heart rate or whatever, mm-hmm. but you're not really bringing it down or really going high above it. Sometimes I wonder if that is the way we're supposed to approach things in life, not just our bodies, because when we do the run 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 and then stop we get burned out real easily and then we forget and i feel like we do that in our relationships like you mentioned it in other episodes about the love bombing and i feel like Mm -hmm. guys or girls will do that and then once they get the reaction that they want then they stop until something else happens and then they're like okay i have to win them back again but what if we were always in a in a in a marathon in our relationship, where the marathon is keeping the burn or the spark, whatever you want to say, going.
0: I like that you put it that way, because I'm going to explain why you also have to have the spark. So think about running a marathon. Do you not eventually get bored?
1: Of course, that's when you plateau.
0: Right, exactly. So when you're talking about the spark in a relationship that slow burn you need the burn but you need the occasional spark in there to just spice things up a little bit you can't have it the whole time you can't have like fireworks all the time all day long but you need a nice balance of both because otherwise it gets a little boring and mundane and that's when you start to see people step out of their relationship
1: or those relationships that have too much sparks, and that's really kind of all it is. It's just sparks, right. you know? They fiery. fizzle out fast. Yeah. It is. It's like once reality kind of hits those relationships, like, oh, if this gets any much serious, like now we have to talk about coexisting together, we have to talk about serious things mm-hmm. like bills, partnership potentially kids, where do we live? How are we gonna right. support each other? And then that gets scary and it kinda, of, I'm not gonna lie, that kind of <laughs> puts out the spark a little. I mean, it that's, can. yeah.
0: When you get into those routine conversations, it can get to a point where it's like, oh, well, we lost our spark. Yeah. And this is like, this is, I mean, serial daters, this is what they avoid. There's yeah. a reason why they're serial daters. They like to have that constant spark, all that newness. And when you get into the relationship, they kind of get a little bit bored and they're like, "Well, I don't like this now. This isn't really what I want." Yeah. But with that said, assuming that you are into the long-term relationship part now, whether you're married or just domestic partners or whatever whatever term you want to use, but you're in you're past that dating phase, and now you're in the long-term relationship phase. That's what we're going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Keeping that relationship spark throughout the rest of your relationship. We want you to understand there's ways to keep it hot. But before we go there, I think it's really important for people to understand actually what will kill that spark initially. Because mm-hmm. you might be looking at your relationship thinking like, gee, I think our our spark is a little dead right now. I do want to learn how to spice it up. But I worry that people will take our advice, do these things, and then those things will get old. And then they'll wonder, but I keep killing the spark. What? How do I keep smothering the spark? So keep in mind that the number one way to kill a spark is by nagging your partner.
1: <laughs> of course. Yeah.
0: Nobody likes to be nagged. Pick up this and do this and do that. And I can't believe you do this. And oh my God, you never do anything right.
1: All day fucking long. Honestly, without naming names or blaming people, sometimes I think some men and women that end up having strokes in their relationships, that can be the cause of it. Because... I can't imagine what it's like, okay, so like a cop or like someone has a high stress job where every day at any minute shit's about to hit the flank, so they're constantly on edge. So I'm always like, can you imagine being in a relationship where every day, all day, you're always on edge? Oh my God, is he or she going to flip out on me at any moment now and like accuse me of something and start screaming at me? And I see these relationships sometimes where it's like that. And it's been like that for years. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that is not sustainable. At some point, someone's health is going to just, just, I don't know, just be like, fuck it, I can't take it anymore. Either they're gonna get a divorce or the other person's just gonna get so sick that they're just gonna fucking die, you know? So I'm always like, that is, <laughs> so extreme. It is extreme. But I feel like in a healthy relationship, nagging, there's no room in a healthy relationship for nagging.
0: Mm-mm. And you can easily get into a routine of it. And I've heard clients come to me and say, yeah, but my partner just doesn't do anything right. Well, such your child. OK, <laughs> well, right. Let's not mother or parent them, because yeah. let's be honest, it's usually women who engage in the nagging more so than men. Yeah. But it's a great way to like completely smother the relationship and just com- put out the fire 100%. So just be mindful of your nagging. And if you mm-hmm. don't know what to do about it, then listen to our previous episode about communication because that's where we talk a lot about nagging.
1: Yeah, actually, yeah.
0: And like, it's like finding a
1: healthy balance of, of, uh, saying something to your partner without offending them and it's i feel like Mm -hmm. that's the most important that that, that makes a difference in showing whether you really care about someone or not i don't know that's the way i feel
0: yeah i mean nobody wants uh, flip it flip it around you don't want your partner constantly nagging you and i know like if you're thinking like you're you're nagging your partner because they don't put the dishes away or they don't put the toilet seat down or they don't put the cap back on the toothpaste or whatever the fuck it is that you're (laughs) nagging them about Think about how important these things are on the grand scheme of things. But also, what if your partner did that to you? What if, for example, you're a female who engages in nagging behavior and your partner turns around to you and says, like, you never give me blowjobs anymore. And during sex, you just like lay there like a dead fish. And I really want you to do this. And I need you to do that. And it's all sexual related. You wouldn't feel very good
1: no i mean don't guys do that and doesn't that create like a very toxic situation mm -hmm, for sure (laughs) because you know what honestly in my in my relationship sometimes that's you know i feel like once you're together for a long time there's going to be ebbs and flows in your sex life and if you're both not on the same page at times it can be so fucking frustrating and there have been times where I do become a little bit of a nag if I'm not getting the, the things <laughs> that I want done to me or being able to do the things that I want to do. But my husband always tries to remind me that we're in this for the long haul and to be a little bit more patient. Now, patience is a word that I'm not really fond of all the time, but I'm learning that's something that I'm working <laughs> through <with. laughs> With that being, completely relate <laughs> yeah okay so but that being said you know i'm learning that in a long-term relationship we have to be patient i mean what uh-huh. is the alternative are we going to start uh, harassing our partners no it's just like the open communication and just
0: we'll start abandoning the relationship
1: yeah so i just got to find fun ways to be like i want to do this or you know create an environment right. where he knows that I'm thinking about what I want to do instead of just saying, you never give me put stuff up my butt anymore. I mean, that's not really an issue, but I'm just throwing an example. <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so let's jump into ways though, that you can actually keep the spark in your relationship. And Hayden and I decided we were going to tackle cause we're doing 10 today. We're going to tackle five each, but we didn't really check in beforehand to see if any of ours overlap. So I'm really curious to see how many of these we came up with that actually overlap one another. So do you oh, want to
1: go first? Do you want me to go first? Well, I'm going to go first because I, well, this is already offered. I'll go first. Um, <laughs> And this is not really a segue because we kind of just talked about this. I feel like one of the most Mm -hmm. important ways to keep the spark alive in your relationship, honestly, honestly, is to make time for intimacy because I get it. As couples, we get in a rut, we get in a routine, we work, we come home, um, we watch our television shows, we eat dinner together, we drink our wine maybe, and then we go to bed and we do that again the next day. I kind of just explained my life. But that being said, I feel like it's important to always do something. Like, someone has to initiate some kind of intimacy. I want to say at least once a week. I know there's people out there like, oh, you should be having sex every day, or you should be having sex maybe three times a week. Whatever healthy sex looks like for you, I don't know. But I think at least once a week. If you and your partner are not doing anything, someone needs to initiate something. It can be. I don't know, a quick oral sex on your partner or receiving or giving, whichever they prefer, or offering of it, or, you know, something, a a sensual massage right before you go to bed. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, um, it can be whatever turns the two of you on. But I feel like, to keep the spark really going, because I feel like sometimes my husband and I forget that, and I know we're not like that, the only couple like that, they're straight couples, Lesbian couples, non-binary couples that go through this drought. So I feel like, yeah.
0: I feel like I knew that was going to be your first one. And I'd love to know how many of our listeners are right now going, I knew that was (laughs) going to (laughs) be his first one. So to piggyback off of your first one, I also, I knew not to put something down specifically like that because i figured that was going to be your main one but Mm -hmm. i wanted to expand on it so one of mine was to be more sexually adventurous to be open to try a new fantasy that your partner desires i'm not saying you have to do it all the time but to be open to talk about it and to try Mm. some portion of it together Mm. I think it's really important to try the new things in general, but like the sexual adventureness of your own desires and your partner's desires really will spice it up hot and heavy really quickly and keep, like Kanan's example, it keeps that intimacy.
1: What if, okay, now. Uh, what I was thinking is, what if you're a little bit embarrassed about a fantasy? I mean, this is all still within the realm of wanting to keep the spark alive. Do you just blindside your partner with the fantasy? Okay, let's take an extreme fantasy. You said role-playing before, and I feel like that's very safe, but what if something... Okay, so let's say a straight guy that, I don't know, enjoys anal sex. Let's say, you know, whatever. He likes sit from the back. or how does he explore that with his partner? If that's not something they do too often, because there's that's work a that has to be legit. One, yeah,
0: for sure. Like the thumb and like butt plugs and all of that. Yeah, like anything, yeah. yeah. It yeah. like or even some partners. Yeah, some partners get really tripped out by it. You have to start it by having conversations about it. Mm-hmm. So first you bring up the conversation and you start talking about it. Then you research it together, not separately. Don't do the research separately. Do it together so that you can have that experience. And even if it gets to the point where your partner's like, I'm really not comfortable doing this, you still had the conversation and you still did the research together. And that brought you together. That brought you closer because you're at least opening up the space for these conversations. I mean, yeah, would it be great to be able to provide that for your partner? Sure. But like, if you're that uncomfortable about something, no matter what it is, that's completely fair. And your partner should be very understanding to that. But why not have the conversation? Why not do the research, sit down and watch videos together? Like, It's still bringing you closer. You're still doing something new sexually. Just watching something is a new sexual adventure together, whether or not you engage in it or not.
1: That's true. I I can't say that my husband and I watch a lot of stuff together, but I do see some of the stuff he watches. And it's so funny, and I don't know what this means, but a lot of the stuff he's attracted to is, you know, guys that look like me and a lot of the stuff that I look at sometimes (laughs) it's a mix but it's a lot of you know guys that look like him as well so it's funny how even like the videos we look at kind of sort of in a way remind us of our partners what would you say is a good setting to bring up something unusual that you want to try with your partner because I'm always like for me it's like on a drive to work Or, like, somewhere where it's really not sexual, where we can just engage in a conversation. I feel like they're not too. It's a really
0: weird timing.
1: Is that? Do you think that's weird timing?
0: (laughs) I would say if you want to, well, because you don't have an unlimited amount of time to have the conversation. That's part of the problem. And then you have to go to work, and your brain has to make this massive shift. And so it might just be for you, it might be okay. But for, mo- for a lot of couples, that might be just a really difficult time to have a conversation sexually mm-hmm. on the way to work. But if you're in bed, getting ready for bed for the night, or mm-hmm. if you're cuddling on the couch, watching TV, because you're both that's in a, a calm state.
1: Yeah, that's a good one.
0: Okay. What's your next I- one?
1: Okay, we got so, 10 of these to get
0: through. <laughs> oh. We're on two. Uh,
1: okay. So my next one is slightly superficial, but I think it is what it is. Uh, okay. keep, up with, keep up with your appearance. We'll keep the spark alive in your relationship. However your appearance was, I feel like when your partner first met you, um, that's what got them going. That's what got the spark lit. I feel like if we put that as a priority on our list to maintain at least our health and our well-being, but also our sexiness for our partner, that might help keep the spark going as well. Because let's be honest, we've talked about this in previous episodes, we see how people dress when they're in a serious relationship or mm-hmm. you know, after kids happen, which is completely understandable. But... Is since we're talking about keeping a spark in your relationship, and this is important right. to you, if you're listening to this episode, I would imagine this might be a good tip. Just, I don't know. I feel like wearing sexy lingerie, working yeah, out. Yeah, we've and talked looking, about this. Yeah, like working out and looking. If like, I feel like. We've talked about this too. Um, Deion Sanders, I think Mm -hmm. that's his name. He's a football player. He said, if you look good, you feel good, you sell good. It's a a motivational saying for people who are like professionals and entrepreneurs, but I think that applies to everyday life. If you're Mm -hmm. feeling good about yourself, if you're walking past the mirror and you feel that you are sexy, you're going to radiate something to your partner. Right. And then they're going to like be attracted to that. We always tend to forget that. People are very visual. I think women are too. Let's be honest. Like, yeah. They may not like, completely judge you like men do, but we, I feel like women look at more details. Whereas men say, like, oh, she has nice tits or he has a nice chest and a nice ass. Let's go for it. Well, maybe women look at more details. But appearance matters because it says a lot about how you care about yourself. And if you're saying to your partner, I care about myself, I care about how good I look, It means you have an appreciation for yourself, which then means you have an appreciation for them. But if you don't give a fuck about yourself or how you look, I can almost guarantee you don't give a shit about the relationship either. I
0: I don't think it's superficial. I know it may sound like that to some people, but there's a lot to what you're saying. And there's been a lot of research done in the field of... Studying the way that people maintain their appearance in their relationship, mostly not just for themselves and not just for their partner. But here's the thing is when other people are noticing your partner, you are noticing that. So it's forcing you to keep up your appearance as well, because, hey, if I look good, my partner's continue, going to continue to be attracted to me versus all these other people who are checking out my partner because my partner is so damn sexy. And so it kind of goes, it's like multifold, Right because my partner looks good. Other people notice my partner. I notice other people noticing my partner. I need my partner to notice me, not those other people. So you have like this (laughs) interesting triangle happening, but you're right. It will keep the spark alive. It keeps it moving. It keeps the energy going. It keeps you guys interested in each other and sexually attracted to each other. It's yeah, funny you say that
1: because over the last like maybe three or four months, I've really started to like um, work in a cardio regimen for myself where I, I do the 12, 3, 30 30's every se- me
0: too. <laughs> yeah, I do it.
1: I do it. But I now, because I, I kind of plateaued for a while. So now I add a weighted vest to it. So I've been doing that I... for, for, yeah, but I'm getting nice results from or great results. And I don't know how my body is changing. I don't know. Because I don't know Do you this. do it hands-free? Yes. Okay. What do you mean? Like, Just is there another it. way to do it?
0: Uh, when oh, some people gym, hold
1: on to they it. They all
0: hold on. And I'm like, That's... dude, what are you doing? Let go. You're not getting the workout properly.
1: <laughs> exactly. If you're holding on, you're basically leveling yourself up. So those of you listening, mm-hmm. if you're doing this workout, do not hold on because you're canceling the whole workout out. Anyway. It so, defeats the point. Yeah. I've noticed that now all of a sudden my husband is like, oh, I'm going to start walking home at least a few times a week. Oh, nice. let's, You know, so a, since you've been meal prepping, meal prep for me too. I want to have like more sushi and rice. I mean, more like um, salmon and rice meals so I can like drop a few. All of a sudden, like I've been talking about this for years with my husband about being healthier or whatever. But I guess because mm-hmm. I've stepped it up a little bit and I guess the results are a little bit more visual. And maybe other people are noticing me and i just oblivious to it all i don't know where he has started to like make changes in himself and i am noticing those changes like i am noticing that he's slimming down a little he takes more pride in the way he looks and the way he dresses i do find it very sexy so this is nice. why this is why i mentioned this it, it, it has a domino effect just like you said
0: yeah cool i'm gonna do my number two um This was actually my number one on mine. I'm going out of order, but I think it's so, so important. Put your fucking phone down. It's really that simple. Put your phone down. Don't bring your phone to the table. If you're having dinner at home, if you're out in a restaurant, keep your phone away. Detach your ass from your cell phone, from your iPad, from your devices. You aren't connecting with your partner anymore. That's... And the number one killer is the disconnect from your partner. So put your fucking phone down.
1: It's really I that a, simple. Like, <laughs> I, go th- I go through this with my, okay, so he, he works for a law firm or whatever, not a lawyer, but he works for a law firm. So he's constantly like on his fucking phone. And I'm trying to be like mindful of that because, you know, he's my husband and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But that does get a little bit annoying. I mean, mm-hmm. like, when we're, like, out to dinner sometimes, he'll be on his phone. When we're having dinner, I'll co- he comes home, I always, like, make dinner for us. Every Usually most nights, we got to cook us something to dinner, so we'll be sitting down to eat, and, you know, he's on his phone. The only time he's not on his phone, honestly, is actually when we travel somewhere. Like, a few times a year, we go to Palm Springs, to so those clothing optional resorts, and we hang out. And usually then, he's barely on his phones. That's the only time I re- we're like really able to connect with one another. But yeah, I totally agree because I feel like I'm getting ignored.
0: Yeah. Uh, I know you get into ruts when you're with your partner all the time and you kind of think like, well, what's new? to does he even talk about? But yeah. like, put your, even just putting your phone down and just looking at your partner, you don't even yeah. have to say anything. But just give them your undivided attention even if no one has anything to say. Just yeah be in the same space together
1: i feel like you have to be okay with that too because sometimes i worry like you know how you're with your partner and you're not saying anything you're like mm-hmm. oh no a that, mean silence. A sp- that means a spark is there we don't have anything to talk about it is i forget we've been together for eight fucking years or seven or that eight that happens years. Like,
0: yeah that yeah. is going to happen in any relationship and be okay with that
1: yeah yeah, that's that one uncomfortable thing you have to be okay with, which is kind of weird. hmm Yeah. Okay, so I want to say the next one will be celebrate your relationship. I like that. Um, and I don't mean it in a way where, like, most people do it these days, where, you know, they go on Instagram and say, I'm so great. Look at us. We're so beautiful together. Uh. <laughs> but I mean, personally, together, like, celebrate milestones. Um, do things together that remind you of why you two are together like I love it there's certain things that my husband and I do together that's every time we do is basically celebrating our relationship like when we go to our favorite restaurant when we um go to our favorite destinations Um, when we have our birthdays or anniversaries and we choose something special to do I feel like At the end of it all, we're always celebrating us in some way. We have things around our apartment that remind us to celebrate our relationship. We have things that we enjoy together that when we're doing it, we feel like we're celebrating us. So I feel like always celebrating the fact that you two are together is important because you Mm could easily be single and alone.
0: Yeah, I like that. That's nice. I'm going to. Ooh. Okay, well, I'm going to go with this one uh, because I feel like it kind of, I don't know if it really goes along with that, but a simple, really, really, really simple thing that you can do to keep the spark alive is just being simply holding hands and kissing more to keep that physical connection, not the sexual one, just the physical connection. So if you're out in public, you hold hands. If you're sitting at the dinner table, maybe you hold hands or, you know, instead of always engaging in that good morning good night kiss those ones that you've forgotten even happen because they're routine try and throw in a random kiss somewhere else in the day if you're cooking dinner and you don't normally get a kiss at that time go give your partner a kiss whatever timing throws them off to the point where they're like whoa what's that for also if your partner is going ooh what's that for That might mean you need to put a little bit more intimacy back in the relationship. Not Again, this isn't sex. I'm not talking sex. I'm just talking intimacy as far as holding hands, kissing, touching each other. You know, if you're at the breakfast table, reading the paper, drinking your coffee in the morning, maybe your feet touch. That type of connection. That's really important and will help maintain that spark, too.
1: Yeah, I think that's important. I I love it when my husband like grabs me up. He kind of manhandles me sometimes. I guess because I'm more, uh, he I'm smaller, so he he tosses mm-hmm. me around a little bit sometimes. <laughs> or he has these cute little nicknames. I of course right now I can't remember any because we're recording. But he has these cute like um, kind of. I don't want to say they're like sexist, but they're kind of like things like. Old school things that men used to say to their wives mm-hmm. in the fifties, sixties. He'll throw some of that shit out there sometimes when he's grabbing me, and it makes me feel kind of sexy. It makes me feel like I want him to throw me down and just like pound me out or something like that. It's a <laughs> sexy feeling, like when he like grabs the small of my back or pulls mm-hmm. my back of my jeans towards it, or we're in line oh. and I could feel him like touching me, or he grabs my shoulder, or all the things I'm not crazy about that you mentioned is a holding of the hands and i only think it's because historically when gays would hold hands they would get violently attacked by straight right. um, insecure men and in my mind that always replays him on the other hand he's a very confident white man, so he's like i'm gonna hold hands wherever we go i don't give a shit And you know, he's, he's like it's almost scary sometimes how confident he is but that being said, he likes to hold hands, but I'm not comfortable with that. But I know that's important to him, so I give it to him sometimes a little bit, you know, to make him...
0: But you can do it at home. Or if you go to the movies, nobody can see you.
1: I'm not saying let's do it in secrecy. We'll still do it, but it's just a little bit more... I feel like it's probably more subtle because of me, because I don't know, I have, like, my little weird things about them. Because I totally agree... On just the subtle touches. Because if you're mm-hmm. not touching your partner, like I, I always caress his face or yeah. like the, the nape of his neck. I love doing that. So, so
0: when you get to that point where your partner goes, Ooh, what's that for? That's when you know you've really lost the spark. Yeah. Because now it's become too few and far between. Yeah. That it's a surprise. You're touching me in a sweet, kind, gentle manner.
1: What's that for? Oh,
0: what? No, that's not how that works.
1: (laughs) You should really never hear that question. What's that for? Mm -hmm. For your partner. She'll always be like, ooh, thank you. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. like, ooh, thanks, babe. Yeah, something like that. That's a better response. Mm -hmm. Okay. Number four for you. Oh, so I do have two more. Perfect. So, Oh, wait.
0: No. How did well, I? The... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have... Yeah, sorry. I can count. Uh, okay. I really can.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, well, these last two... Uh, which one should I mention first? This one is kind of... People might not agree with this one, but I kind of do. Because okay. when it happens, I feel like after it happens, I'm excited. And there's this kind of a spark again, because when you're used to something, it gets dull. But then when they leave and come back, it's like, yeah, you're back. So my next one is spend time apart. Oh, I no, know. Yeah. Some like I've seen couples where they go on solo trips by themselves and they go on trips together. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe one has a business where they have to travel a lot, or uh, one is a performer, or whatever the case may be. I'm not saying make your relationship like an extreme case. You know, like we hear about these performing artists where they're apart for like six to eight months a year, and they only have like sex via Zoom or 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 FaceTime or whatever. No, right. I don't mean that. But like. Let's say you take a trip with your girlfriends or your guy friends or your whoever friends to like Vegas for a weekend or New Orleans or Miami or or Los Angeles or wherever. Um, (laughs) I feel like that time apart is important because let's be honest, we still all have our single things we like to do when our partner is not around. And when we get that opportunity to like be free and be ourselves and be independent, it kind of invigorates. Any of us. And I think that time apart then allows you to miss your partner. Like you start seeing things or being reminded of things that they do or maybe don't do. Um, And then by the time they get back, you're like excited to see them again. Because I feel like with relationships, sometimes we spend so much time together. Like especially Mm -hmm. with couples where one, it's like a helicopter partner. That's probably a new term I just came up with. But it's kind of the same as helicopter parent where they're always... They're like always there, like, you know, let's do this together. Let's do that together. We go to sleep at the same time. We wake up at the same time. They may even work to fucking gather. Who knows? But (laughs) I mean, that's unhealthy. I feel like that's extremely unhealthy. So that being Uh said, I feel like spending time apart can add some spark to your relationship, even though it sounds contrary.
0: It's not. The reason is... You're 100% correct. But even taking it a step further, it's not even just taking these little weekend trips with your friends. It's maintaining your individuality. Yeah, You cannot wrap your entire life into your partner. You still have to both be individuals that come together and support one another. If you intertwine too much, if something goes wrong, whether it's a big fight or a potential breakup, you're going to fall apart. There's a big difference between being heartbroken and sad and falling apart because you don't know how to define yourself anymore because you're defined by the relationship. So even on a regular basis, even once a week, you go and have dinner with um, a friend or a family member or a colleague or whoever, but you cannot do every single thing with your partner yeah. For one, you, like you said, you need that space. You need that time apart. You have nothing to talk about with your partner if you're together all the time. Pretty I much. mean, that's not true because I do know a couple of people who live and work together and I don't know how they do it, but they always have something to talk about. But they're they're like the 1% of couples. it's yeah, just always, really yeah. unusual, right? The 1%ers. The mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but don't forget, that's what you see. Like they Mm -hmm. may be acting for you because a lot of times these perfect couples put on a wonderful act that when they do divorce, we're like, huh. I would have never guessed because they were (laughs) acting.
0: (laughs) Right. Keeping up appearances. Yeah. Okay. My number four is to be sure to laugh together. You have to force yourselves to laugh together, mostly because it creates endorphins. And Mm -hmm. endorphins keep us happy. And if you're creating endorphins even separately, but mostly together, then you're staying happy those are those happy hormones and we wanna keep those happy hormones. So I suggest either watch a silly movie together, go hit up a comedy show together, engage Mm -hmm. in some activity that's gonna make you guys laugh together. Now here's the kicker of this because I did think about this when I was coming up with these. Occasionally you have a couple where one person really loves like that slapstick comedy Mm -hmm. and the other one might like dry humor. And therefore, your issue is that you're not laughing at the same thing at the same time ever. (laughs) So you might have to kind of have a balance of back and forth, or you're going to have to find something completely different to be silly that makes you guys laugh together. Yeah. So it may not be watching something. It may be engaging in something.
1: Yeah, I can see that. Like, like maybe like those Disney adult couples, like, whereas their jobs could be maybe serious or something. And I know some people that are really, like, when you see them, they're like, you would think, oh, they are straight-laced, clean-cut, I know they have a regimen, they're very proper, blah, blah, blah. But we get to know them, and they're fucking Disney adults. Like, oh my God, we go every weekend, and even when it rains, we're like, there all day, and I'm like, wow, I would have never fucking guessed. And it's a couple- but they have so much fun together and they enjoy it and it makes them laugh and it makes them like kids. I think as adults, we forget to laugh and, and, and embrace the joy of life because it can be kind of a drag being an adult, you know, paying bills, working these stupid-ass jobs, you know, pay those bills. But once we, if we find a way to like laugh together, then it makes life just slightly more enjoyable. And I feel like for like my, my husband and I, I'm the one that's always bringing in humor, I will say, because when we watch t v he likes a lot of the drama, a lot of horror and murder ass shit, and I don't really like to watch that, but I love a comedy special. I love the adult cartoon, so and we've also started going to like comedy shows, but we're also mm-hmm. adult Disney adults. We have a lot of different things that do make us laugh together, and I do think that keeps us going, even though we have other things that we're working through. But I think you're like super. Onto it with that one because I think that's the one thing that really keeps us going as a couple is the fact that we have these little things that make us feel like kids together.
0: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Cool. What's your number five? Ooh, I can't okay, believe just, we're already there.
1: I know we're already there. So my last one is kind of—I'll just say it. It's plan for the future. If you remember, like when you're okay. Not for everyone. I'm not going to be one of those out of touch people like, oh, at my lake house when I was a child, we would do these things. (laughs) No. For some, when you were younger and there was something coming up in the summer, like whether it was summer camp or maybe your lake house in Michigan or um, some event like a theme park or something that you're looking forward to. And let's say you have a sibling and you're talking to your sibling about like, oh, I can't wait till we get to that. And you both get excited about it. And then you just spend all the months up to that talking about it and getting excited about it. I feel like as a couple, if you plan these things out where they're long term, like maybe next year you're going on a cruise to Alaska or next year you're going to uh, Puerto Vallarta or to Brazil or Paris or some shit like that. Having something that you're looking forward to as a couple is exciting. And I feel like that keeps a spark because if it, when you think of it, you automatically think of, oh, I'm going there with them. And if you're in a healthy relationship, it is something that's going to maintain that like, let's just put it this way. It's going to give you a spark for at least the duration of the time from that point to the trip. If you are a healthy relation, if you're not a healthy, your relationship may fall apart. I don't know. But Having something exciting that you're both looking forward to, I can see Mm -hmm. that having a domino effect into other areas of your life.
0: It's really important to even plan for the next 10 years as far as your future or the next 20 years because it keeps you connected and on the same page with where your life is going to make sure that your goals are still aligned. Having that conversation of, you know, maybe you're 10 years into the relationship, you've gotten married, but maybe you don't have kids yet. Sitting down and having that conversation, like how many kids are we really going to have? Are we going to really do this? Like, what are we going to do next? And then say you're, you know, past the kids stage. And now you're talking even retirement phases of like, what are we going to do for retirement? But to always know that you have a plan together, to always be planning for your future together will keep you on the same page. Otherwise, what ends up happening is one partner is thinking, Actually, you know, I think when I retire, I want to move to Mexico. And the other partner is thinking, you know, when I retire, I think I want to get in an RV and travel around the U.S. And the conversation you guys had maybe 20 or 30 years ago was to retire and raise grandkids at home or who knows, whatever it was. So now your paths are going to take you in separate directions because you're not communicating that they're still, you're still lined up. You're still having the same goals and the same ideas and figuring out a way to make it work. So yeah, it is important to plan for the future together.
1: Yeah. I have a, uh, a couple friend where one of them, they've been together for a really long time. And one uh, mentioned recently that they're a little frustrated in their relationship because they would love to have a house and to have a more established, you know, more stability. You know, so they can grow and yada, yada, yada. Whereas the other one is more like, I just want to have fun and go to concerts and do fun shit. That's it. That's all I really care about. So now they're both older and getting to that retirement age or whatever. And they don't have enough money to do the plan Uh, of getting a house because they've been focused on... And I'm, starting to, and I'm starting to listen to this person. They're like, it is starting to get to them. It's starting after like three decades together, they're finally yeah. like, I don't know if I can deal with this anymore. And I'm like, wow, that's a, when they, when they mentioned it to me, I was like, that's a total difference of beliefs for the future. Like you want to do one thing and they're just like here for the now. I can't even. And then they tell me that, oh, we're not really having sex anymore. I'm like, I would imagine that affects your sex life because you're feeling kind of stuck. Right. So now that you mentioned it, I can see why that's important. Because if you're aligned, then you're not resenting your partner because you feel like you're missing out on something that is actually quite important to you.
0: Absolutely. Don't we kind of just live and work to retire? I know it sounds a little simplified, but... The reality is that's the end goal is to eventually retire and just have a nice life. I mean, it's always to have a nice life. But for a lot of people, that is their end goal is retirement. Okay, my last one is really kind of obvious, but I'm going to say it anyways. (laughs) It's to keep it fresh. So you need to constantly be trying new things with your partner, new hobbies, new adventures, explore new restaurants or new towns that you haven't been to. From the big things to the little things to a new travel destination that neither one of you have ever thought of. So it's not like-
1: so important.
0: Yeah, Yeah. it's not like, okay, it's my turn to pick. It's your turn to pick. It's neither one of us have ever had a desire to go to this place. Let's go there. Let's just see what the fuck happens. Or like there's a new restaurant in town. Neither one of us would have ever thought about going there. Let's do it. So it's not like this is my idea. This is your idea. That's not new. New is something that's totally outside of both of your comfort zones and doing it together. And having that bonding experience.
1: Yeah. That's absolutely. really important. I agree 110%. Um, some of my fondest memories of John is like the places that we went for the first time together. Like mm-hmm. the places where I've either been or he's either been before is not as significant because it's, it's muddied up with all the other memories of going right. to those places. Right. But like certain places like New Orleans... Palm Springs, Hawaii, those destinations are very unique to just us because those are places that I've only gone. I mean, I went to New Orleans when I was a young kid with my parents, but I really don't fucking remember that. But as a grown adult, these are these places I've been to with him and I created wonderful memories in these places that sometimes they just pop up and it makes you just want to kiss them. So yeah, I totally agree with the new experiences that you shared together. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think it's important to you know, I know that people might be listening to this and they're like, shit, that's a lot of work. Relationships are a lot of work. If you're not willing to put in the work, don't be in a relationship. And I know, again, here I am simplifying everything today. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is.
1: It is pretty simple. We it's make it complicated. work.
0: <laughs> yeah. But you have to put the effort in. Yeah. If you really want something to work, you have to put in effort. You put in effort to maintain your job, right? You don't go to your job and to half-ass it and expect to
1: get a raise. <laughs> Some of us do. So
0: why do we do that with our it's... relationships? Why do yeah. we expect that our partner now just has to be there no matter what? Because we've put in the effort to get them. Now it just has to be because I chose you, you chose me, it is what it is. That's not how life works. So we can't treat our relationships as though we would just toss it aside because, well, I got it. Now I have it. It's not this thing to be had. Okay, I'm off my high horse now.
1: (laughs) It's not a high horse. You know, I kind of hope that in the future, very near, we could all approach information with a more open heart. Mm -hmm. And just more openness to accept it, because a lot of times, you know, we're just trying to help people and that's it. You know, we're humans. We've gone through these experiences just like anyone else has. And we're just trying to relay some of the experiences we've had and maybe the lessons learned so you don't make the same fucking mistakes.
0: Right. And by Absolutely. you, I mean
1: those listening, not Andrea, because basically Andrea is teaching me, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but as the teacher, I still make mistakes because yeah. we're all still human, and coaches and therapists alike, we make the same mistakes that our clients make because yeah. you can't remove yourself, you can't coach yourself when you're living your own life, it just doesn't work that way.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: So, I hope everyone really liked our top 10. In fact, I'm going to read through them and I apologize. I don't have them in the exact order we went through them, but I just want to kind of hit on the five I came up with, the five that Kanan came up with. Just to remind everyone, our top 10 ideas, the ways to keep your relationship hot number one, maintain intimacy. Number two, keep up with your appearance. Number three, celebrate your relationship. Number four, spend time apart. Number five, plan for the future. Number six, put your fucking phone down. (laughs) Number two, I mean, number oh my God, I can count. Number seven, keep it new. Number eight, hold hands and kiss more. Number nine, be more sexually adventurous. And number 10, be sure to laugh together. Again, these are out of order, so my apologies for that reason why I lost track of where I was counting, <laughs>
1: yeah, but you know what? I will say if we, at the start of the show, we say we will wonder if we have how many we have that will overlap. I none actually have, th- no, I have three no, oh, I had three. well really? none of them, but I wrote a few more, just you know, just in case just in case, and actually, three of yours was on my list. It was the new experiences, okay. Um, I forgot the other two, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of them I did oh, I'm glad I had the other ones instead of those.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, Yeah. I had two extras. And one was just like, work out together. Do your workout routine together, which kind of felt like it was a little bit more of that keep the appearances thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. And
0: then um, dinner conversations, making sure to have new and fresh styles for dinner conversations. So like when I was a kid, My parents used to pull this whole, like, tell us one thing that was great about your day and tell us one thing that could have improved. Like, what's one bad thing, like a good thing and a bad thing from your day? And I know a lot of families do this with their kids just to (laughs) keep the conversation, to stay connected with them. But like couples can do this shit, too, and just come up with like some kind of cool dinner routine because you do you run out of shit to talk about.
1: Yeah. You know, one thing that my husband and I do now. We like to send each other dad jokes. Oh. Like I just find random ass ones and just send it to him or he'll find one and he'll send it to me. Like little things like that, that you can create with each other is just so- That's really cute. Yeah, it's just so, even if it's sending each other memes or, uh, I feel like it's endless. The Mm -hmm. amount of things that you can do with your partner, like like a couple friend that they do crafts together. They make like those paper uh, scenery sets together and they bake meals to bake and cook meals together. And Mm -hmm. I feel like it's, I know couples that are swingers together. I know couples that like to go to orgy parties together and they're a very happy couple. So I feel like the list is endless of ways to enjoy life with your partner it just depends on what you two can enjoy life with together
0: exactly there's tons and tons of things so if you need more ideas like just google it
1: yeah. i mean honestly or ask your fucking friends sorry for cursing.
0: yeah no. ask your friends what they do that's a great yeah. idea find yeah. out like what they're getting into but yeah. just it's the newness it's keeping the spark alive means keeping connection. You have to maintain the engagement with each other. That's really what it boils down to. These are just all suggestions of ways to keep your quality time and keep engagement with one another.
1: That's all. With that said.
0: Well, that's a wrap on today's episode, but it's certainly not a wrap on us. Check out my website, datesmartersexier.com, where you can get your copy of my book, sign up for dating courses, or join the matchmaking community. We appreciate you listening to this episode. Please like and follow us on your favorite podcast streaming site. And if you'd like to get involved, shoot us an email at datesmarterpodcast at gmail.com. Whether you'd like to be a guest or simply want your question answered, we are here to help. And remember, all of our questions remain anonymous. Until next time, keep dating smarter. Thank you for listening to this episode of Date Smarter, Sexier. If you'd like more information on how you can be more successful with love and dating, or to schedule a free consultation with me, your dating coach and matchmaker, please visit datesmartersexier.com and please subscribe to this show at your favorite podcast streaming platform. Gentlemen, if you're looking for a company that's all about helping men like you achieve optimal health, wellness, and vitality, you should check out The Gentleman Company. They offer a wide range of natural supplements and wellness products to help men like you feel and perform your best every single day. So for more information, visit www.gentlemn.co. That's gentlemen without the A. You can thank me later.